Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Father, we are so thankful for your grace. We are so thankful for the opportunity we get to come and sit under your word. Lord, we pray that your word as it goes forth this morning, Lord, for for those who are in this room and for those who are watching online, Lord, I pray that your word will accomplish what you have purposed it to accomplish this morning. Speak to every heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, folks, we are extending Horizon Church and we're extending her into uh, Western Australia, uh, into Perth. And I want to preach a message this morning about who we are as Horizon Church. Because no matter where you go, who you are goes with you. And there are three things that characterise this church. Three key uh, fundamental characteristics. And the first is this. We are Christ-centred. He is the object of our affection. He is the one we believe in. He is the one we worship. Everything revolves around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And the most pure, precise description of Jesus is found in Scripture. And on that note, we're going to open up the Scriptures this morning. If you have your Bibles, when you turn to Matthew chapter 16, we're going to be reading from verses 13 through to 21. And the words will be on the screen as well. It says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, he would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. If you were to walk out of here today and go to five people on the street who don't go to church, who, don't, who aren't in relationship with God, and you were to ask them, who's Jesus to you? Tell me about the person of Jesus. I can almost guarantee you you will get a different response. You'll get a mixed response. Do you know, um, 
I was catching an Uber not that long ago. Who catches Ubers here? Who likes to talk to the driver? Who's a, who, who's, who gets in and is like, you know what, I'm just going to chill. I want my space. I'm not going to talk. Who's that? No, no shame. Yep, yep. I'm a talker. If you're going to drive me and be my Uber driver, I'm going to talk to you. And, and so I remember <clears throat> this, this guy, we were chatting and he, he said to me, so what do you do? I said, look, I, I, I'm a personal trainer on the side and I'm actually a minister of the gospel. And he looked at me and he said, you mean a preacher? I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. And he said, um, and, and, and from that point on, the questions started rolling in. He started asking question upon question upon, and I loved it because we were talking about what was really important. What was truly important was a matter of first importance. And we, we got to the middle of the conversation. I said to him, look, the main difference between Christianity and every other faith system, because he was from another religious background. And I said, the difference really is Jesus. He's the difference. Tell me what you think about Jesus. And I've got to tell you, church, what this man thought about Jesus was very different to the Jesus we see here in Scripture. And, you know, before I was a Christian, before I came to Jesus 21 years ago, to me, Jesus was someone we celebrated at Easter and Christmas. But nothing about my life reflected that He was central. I didn't know Him as Messiah. Because to know Him as Messiah, you first have to realise that you are in need of saving. And so I came to the realisation, I needed to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from eternal torment. Saved from a life of purposelessness. Saved from a life without God and without relationship with God. Saved from that. And so we continued the conversation. I said, okay, so if Jesus isn't Messiah to you, um, when you die, are you, are you confident that you're going to go to heaven? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, what, what do you base your hope on? And he said, well, uh, if I do more good things than bad things, I'm going to go to heaven. I said, okay. How do you know whether you're going to do more good things than bad things? He says, well, I don't know. And I said, okay, so what if you do more bad things than good things? He says, well, I'm going to go to hell. I said, okay. How long are you going to be in hell for? And he said, well, uh, as long as it takes for me to pay for my sin, and then God's going to let me back into heaven. And I said, well, that's very interesting. I had to, help him had to help him understand that we are bound by time. This side of eternity, we all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But when you pass from this life, you enter into a timeless zone. You enter into eternity. So no matter where you land... You're going to be there forever. And you won't have time to pay for your sin because there is no time. And that is where I gently shared with him the good news. But we have a Messiah. We have a Messiah who stepped from eternity in time and paid for your sin in real time. 
And he took your sin, he took your judgment, he took your condemnation and it was nailed to him on the cross. And so when you put your faith and your trust in him, he becomes your Messiah. And when he becomes your Messiah, you have hope beyond this life. It was a great conversation and the seed was sown. The Bible says that in 1 John 4.10, it says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The New Testament is written in Greek. Are any Greeks in here? There's a few Greeks here this morning. You're all Greek. Do you know that you're all Greek? If you're watching online, if you're not Jew, you're Greek. You're either Jews or Greeks. So you're all Greek. So welcome to the family. (laughs) The Greek word for propitiation means the offering that appeased the wrath of the offended party. Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And Jesus became the offering that appeased the wrath of God. So when you put your trust in Jesus, the wrath of God is no longer on you. It falls upon Jesus. That's good news. And that is why the Apostle John says this in 1 John 4, 18. He says, uh, we love Him because He first loved us. That is what it means to be Christ-centred. If He didn't love us, if He didn't come for us, we wouldn't even have the ability to worship Him. But He came and He died on the cross and He rose from the dead. And you know what, church? He included you in His death and He included you in His his resurrection. We've been raised up together with Christ. And we are free to keep Him central. That's good news. Number two, we're word-based. What does it mean to be word-based? To be word-based simply means this, we believe the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, eternal, all-sufficient Word of God. It governs what we believe and how we live. Do you know, when I, uh, before I was a Christian, I lived 21 years of my life, I had no desire for the Bible. None. I had no desire to open it up. It, to me, it was just another religious book. Really. I had no interest in it. But when the life of God came into me, when, when, I, when I surrendered to Jesus, all of a sudden, I had this urge to read it. And I couldn't put it down. I still can't put it down. But I remember those early years, I started from Matthew, the book of Matthew in the New Testament, and I read all the way to Revelation. And I remember in that, it was in that time where God began to birth in me a strong desire to plant a church, to want to preach His Word. As I read the letters of Paul, as I read the letters of the apostles, as I, as I started to see the words of Jesus, that a desire began, was birthed in my heart. This is precious. The prophet Jeremiah puts it this way. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. 
When God saves you, when God redeems you, He puts His Spirit in you and He He gives you new desires. And one of those desires is for His Word. And when you discover His Word, you you, you realise that you actually can't go through the seasons of life without its comfort, without its help, without its support, without leaning on the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul knew this. And he said it in Romans 15, verse 4. He says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Watch this. That we, that's you, that's us, that we, through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. That's beautiful. Beautiful. That's good news. Very good news. Number three. We are spirit-led. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to deserve God's Spirit. You simply believe the good news about Jesus. And you put your trust in Him. And God, by His grace, deposits His Spirit on the inside of you. You know what the good news is? His Spirit abides with you forever. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And He leads us in various ways. This is such a broad topic. I've only got 21 minutes left. So I'm going to try the best I can. The first way the Spirit leads us is in our identity. In Romans 8 verse 16, it says this, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. He reminds you that you belong to the Father. Jesus came once. He died once. The Bible says the just for the unjust to bring us to God. And when you put your trust in Him, He brings you to God. And not just that, He brings God to you. And God comes and dwells inside of you and He reminds you that you are His child. Second way, He actually reminds us we're forgiven. He reminds us that we are forgiven. In Hebrews 10, verse 16 and 17, it says this. It says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. When Jesus died on the cross, His work was perfect. He dealt with your sins, past, present and future. And so God's Spirit is faithful to the faithful work of the cross. That's good news. That gives me hope. That's the greatest news on the planet. Not only that, but God declares you righteous. He's made you righteous and His righteousness endures forever. It's eternal and it's yours, church. It's very precious. One of the other ways that the Spirit leads us is in our decisions. Proverbs 20 verse 24 says this, The Lord directs our steps 
So why try to understand everything along the way? Do you know, um, seven months ago, Pastor Brad sent <laughs> Stace and I a group text saying, let's plant a church in Perth. You could be the campus pastors. <clears throat> and I looked at it. <clears throat> I'd just come out of a meeting. <clears throat> and uh, I said to Stace, I said, I think, is he joking or is he serious? Or like, this is just out of the blue. And then I stopped and I said, hang on, Pastor Brad doesn't do that. He wouldn't joke about that. And so uh, obviously he called us a little bit later on and we had a chat. And um, what it did, it actually set us on a journey of feeling out the will of God trying to see how the Spirit would lead us. Because you know what? If you're going to go to the other side of the country as a Christian, you want to know that God's spoken to you. And so it set us on a path. And I, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, if you want us to go, I'll go. If you want me to stay, I'll stay. People have asked me in the past, where do you think God will lead you? I said, you know what? If God wants me to stay here till my dying day, I'll stay here till my dying day. I surrendered, the, uh, uh, um, I surrendered the, the desire for location a long time ago. I said, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And so uh, I remember one morning I was training my client, one of my clients, James, who's also an intercessor. Um, he's on the prayer team. And James uh, turns to me one morning uh, as we we're training. He said, Con, I really believe <clears throat> you need to study the life of Abraham. And I said, okay, I'll study the life of Abraham. And so I went to Genesis 12 and I began to read about Abraham. Abraham was a guy who God called out of his land, out of the place he was living, out of the familiar, out of everything he had ever known. And God spoke to him and he said, leave your father and mother, leave your country, leave your relatives and go to the place I will show you which will become your inheritance. And as I read that, I said, Lord, did Abraham know the place? I just paused and I thought, I've read this a million times. Well, maybe not a million, but a few thousand. <laughs> and But I asked, I said, did he actually know where he was meant to go? And I, and I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to Hebrews 11. And I started reading Hebrews 11. And I stumbled across verse 8 where it says this. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He knew the direction he was going, but he didn't actually know till he landed. If you read on in the story of Abraham, he didn't know the place that God had called him to till he got there. And when he got there, God spoke to him and he said, this is the place I'm going to give to your descendants the move, the, 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 the move of obedience for Abraham wasn't just for Abraham. It was for his descendants. It was for his children. It was for his children's children. And so I said, well, that's very interesting. And so I just, I said, I'll sit on it. I'll, I'll see, you know, what else God speaks. And uh, so in the conversation with Pastor Brad and Allison, we had agreed that I think it's probably best we go and visit Perth. Let's go and visit Perth. We've never been there before. Uh, and Pastor Brad said, you know, I really believe you, you, you will know. God will speak to you when you're there. I said, all right. So we had planned long in advance, about six weeks in advance. We had planned to go to Perth. Now, keep these dates in mind. April 21st to April 25th. It was a long weekend. 
Okay? And so two weeks before we were meant to go, uh, Stacy comes to me one morning because she reads the, the Oswald Chambers devotional. Who, who knows that one? My utmost for his highest, yeah. So the way this devotional is set out, it's a book that's got a, a scripture, a date. Okay, so January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. It's got a scripture for every day and some thoughts around that scripture and a heading. Okay, she came to me and she said, babe, this is really speaking to me. And I said, well, what is it? The heading of this particular devotional was, will you go without knowing? (laughs) And I said, okay, that's cool. And I said, well, what's the scripture that's attached to it? And she said, Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was... I said, okay, let's sit on that. Let's see what, again, this is, this is all sort of heading slowly west. <laughs> and so two weeks later, we got on a plane and we, we flew to Perth and um, Perth grew on us very quickly. I loved it. We loved it. <clears throat> and there was, there was one morning in particular where I was walking the Perth foreshore down South Perth And it was on the 23rd of April, two days after we arrived, the Sunday morning, 23rd of April. And as I was walking, the Perth foreshore, I had my headphones in, had some worship music playing, was just singing to the Lord. And I felt the Lord lead me to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 2 and chapter 3. He said, read the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians. And I said, okay, I'll do that. No worries. So I started reading, started meditating on it, started reflecting on it. And on the way back to Sydney, Stace, uh, again, she's reading My Utmost for His Highest, the devotional. And she says, this, this other devotional is really speaking to me. It's, it's, it's talking about, you know, how we worship the Lord, not the work. Yet we worship the Lord who provides the work, not the work itself. And I said to her, I said, so what's a scripture that's attached to it? And she says, let me have a look. 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And I said, what, what date was that devotional? She said, 23rd of April. The same day. Mind you, she was reading it on the 25th of April. She was reading the, the devotional for the 23rd of April on the 25th of April. And so we concluded that this, this stuff doesn't happen by accident. You can't manufacture this. She had no idea uh, that God was speaking to me. I had no idea that God was speaking to her till she actually showed me these, these, these verses, which were just smack bang in line. And so we uh, went on a journey and we were like, yes, we're going we're gonna to go. As soon as we said yes, probably within a month, church secured a building, which was a miracle, Right? It's not, it wasn't just a place to bump in and bump out. It was a church building with, with 90 seats and uh, offices and uh, it was just in the best location. I think uh, we've got a, a picture of that. If I could get the keys, that would be great. So this is where the church is, is. It's got solar power on it, which is good. Save us lots of electricity. Fantastic. Uh, it's on Mint Street and uh, it's basically seven minutes drive from Curtin University which has got 55,000 students. Curtin University is the biggest university in Perth. It's massive. Um, Albany Highway on the left is called The Strip. It's like uh, Ligon Street on steroids. 
Not that I advocate steroids, but you know, like it's, it's, it's just cafes and restaurants as far as the eyes can see. Um, and again, it's, it's in the middle of a suburban area, so there's lots of suburban houses there, and um, you've got the shopping mall down the road. Uh, the West Coast Eagles, I think, train a little bit more towards that way, I think. If I'm wrong, Pastor Brad, please correct me, but uh, when I saw that facility, it's amazing. But <clears throat> church, we secured a building by the grace of God, and there was an ease to it. It just popped. It happened so quick. And, you know, by the grace of God, we, we, we found a, an amazing place. And the lease actually begins on the place we're going to live in the day we land. So we land on the Wednesday. And we've just seen the faithfulness of God time and time again. The kids got into a, an incredible school uh, when we first approached them. They said, look, we don't really have any spots. Uh, but by the grace of God, it, it, it lined up and they, they accepted the kids. And it made me realise that <clears throat> When God calls you to a place, He's faithful to provide. And we can all be Spirit-led because we have His Spirit on the inside of us. In fact, being Spirit-led is part of your inheritance. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This morning, I wanna do two things. The first is make an appeal to anybody in this room and you might find yourself out of relationship with God. You may have grown up with religion. You may have grown up knowing about God or, or being around God. But the truth is, Jesus came to give you more than just religion. Jesus came to give you Himself. You know, as a 21-year-old, I thought I knew God, but I really didn't. And it wasn't until I accepted Jesus. The Bible says that for those who believed in Him, for those who received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. And so in a moment, whether you're in this room or watching online, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the love of God. We're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to lead the congregation in a prayer. And if that is you and in your heart, you're like, I actually want to enter into a relationship with God. I'm tired of just living a life without purpose, without His presence. I don't want to go another day knowing <clears throat> that my eternal security is insecure. So right across this place, what I'm going to ask you all to do to give people a moment's privacy is I'm going to get you to bow your heads right now in this moment and close your eyes. And if that's what's going on in your heart and you are honest, you know what? The Bible says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. It's actually a humble thing to acknowledge you need a Saviour. And when you acknowledge that you need a Saviour, guess what the Saviour does? He saves you and He saves you forever. So right now we're going to pray. And if that's you, one, you repeat this prayer after me. We're praying it to God. One, we pray, church. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in You. I believe that You came to earth and You died for me. And on the third day, 
You rose from the dead. From my heart, with my mouth, I confess You as my Lord and my Saviour. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit that You freely give. I freely receive all that You have in Jesus' Name. While every head bowed, is, is bowed and every eye is closed, if that was you and you're in this building and you prayed that prayer and you meant it and you know something has changed on the inside of you, I want you to give me a wave right now. Give me a wave. That was you. Great. I see those hands. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fantastic. Anybody else? This is the best thing you can ever respond to. It's the most important thing because it has to do with your eternal security. Is anybody else? Two precious people already have raised their hand. Is anybody else? Wonderful. If you're watching online and that spoke to you and you prayed that prayer, why don't you write to us in the chat box and one of our team will reach out to you. Church, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for those who've responded this morning. Lord, I thank You that You make all things new. And Lord, I pray for them. I pray that You would bless them. I pray that You would keep them. Father, I pray that You would make Your face shine upon them and give them Your peace. Lord, we thank You that all enmity has passed and that they have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we give You the praise and we give You the glory. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Why don't we stand, church? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.